0: Alright, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 one more time. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. I prepared what I think is a pretty short message here tonight. I didn't want to take too much time. Uh, But anyway, let's read the verse here. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Now this is the armor of God, remember, and this is part of it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now you wouldn't believe what all is in that verse. My, my. Prayer. We talked about the armor last week, and we talked about how that The whole deal is we're supposed to stand. God expects us to, He commands us to, He enables us to. The Bible says He's able to make you stand. And so standing is standing, not backing up, not changing. And that's what we talked about. And how that each part of the armor that is listed here in Ephesians chapter 6, those are the very points that the devil attacks us on to get us to compromise. Righteousness, truth, faith, all of those things are the very things that He attacks us on. Well, what about this? Prayer. If you want to find out what is the most uh, sought-after subject, just search about prayer. Study that out. There's more books on it than any other subject. There's more than more, much more than sin. Nobody really. Everybody thinks they know what that is. So that's not complicated. Uh, you know, there's not very many books on the atonement. You know, anything. I mean, not near in comparison to what there is on prayer. I mentioned it, I think, already, but uh, another time. But two. I read here recently were two of the most searched. Terms on Google in the past year were were prayer and hope. People are turning to Google looking for how to pray and have hope. But it's also one of the subjects that has the most misinformation about it out there. All the books and stuff. There's so many books written and there's so many ideas about it and there's so much misunderstanding about it and there's so many false things taught about it. And so we need to understand some things about it. Prayer. It has to buckle on all the other parts of the armor of God. I mean, it's the final thing mentioned here. And it's the thing that that ties everything together. Without this... Uh, it's not going to work very well for you. You can try keeping all those pieces of armor paying attention to each one, but this is the thing that makes it all work. That's right. Prayer must be joined to each of these other parts of the armor that we talked about. Righteousness, truth, righteousness, faith, uh, you know, praying, you know, it's always the first command given. Praying always is the first command given in this verse here. Praying always. Praying always. How many of you pray always? How many of you always pray? First. Do you pray first or do you pray last? All we got all we can do now is pray. That's what everybody says. It's the last thing. It's the last thing you turn to when all other options have failed. Then you pray. Because that's all you got left to do. How offensive is that to God? Yeah, very, very much. <laughs> Praying always. That doesn't mean that we're not to do anything but pray. But that... It means that prayer must accompany all of these duties and graces that it's talking about here in this chapter concerning the armor of God. Prayer must accompany it. You've got to pray. Yes. If you don't pray, it's ineffective. It's weak. It's, it's just a thing. If there's no prayer added to it. Covering it. Tying it together. Praying always. Can you do something else and pray? Everybody talks about multitasking. Do you have to stop what you're doing to pray? No. No, you don't. You can pray always. The Bible says pray without ceasing. ceasing. Right. Yeah. In all things give thanks. Well, that's praying.
1: Yes, sir. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Praying doesn't mean that we're to do nothing but pray. It also shows us there. To, when it says pray always, it shows us that there are different kinds of prayer. Yeah. That's right. There's private prayer. And there's public prayer. Mm-hmm. There's secret prayer, and there's open and out loud prayer. And the devil can hear you on both of them. Don't let that <laughs> woman told us that time to if to whisper because if you talk out loud, the devil can hear you. She told us that. A woman preacher. Oh, no. There is secret prayer and open, out loud prayer. There's solitary prayer. And there's social prayer. We pray together, prayer meeting. We pray in church. We pray with friends. We pray with somebody else. We pray for somebody else, with them. But then there's prayer that you just pray by yourself. The secret prayer, you pray without speaking audibly. You pray that way. God knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. I mean, He hears you just as well as when you speak out loud. But sometimes we pray out loud. Sometimes we pray. We call call it whispering a prayer. You ever pray that way? You ever just pray in your mind thinking, oh Lord. There's solemn prayer. Serious, solemn prayer. There's a difference in thanking him for the food, and then there's a difference when it's a desperate situation. And I mean, you're serious about praying, solemn prayer. There's the kind that solemn prayer is when nobody is looking around and nobody's laughing and giggling. I saw a thing here a while back, and then of course you know all the video and everybody does and stuff, and they, you know, these. People were getting ready to sing these young people, and they were up in front of the church and and of course, they had prayer well while everybody was praying, they're standing in front of the church, laughing and talking and looking all around while they're while somebody's praying, and everybody else got their heads bowed. How's that set with you? <laughs> Not me No, somebody ought to slapped them in the back of the head. He so said, What's mad you, boy? And what are you doing up here to sing God's songs if you've got no more reverence than that? That's right. There's solemn prayer. There's sudden prayer. I mean, there's just all kinds of different prayers. He said, Praying always in all prayer. All prayer. No matter what kind of praying you're doing, no matter what you're praying about, praying always in all prayer and supplication. There's solemn prayer. There's sudden prayer. Kind of like when the, you know, I've read a story about a, an airline pilot, and he was an atheist, and he did he hated God and cussed God and said there wasn't no God. I wonder why they cuss him and hate him when they don't believe he's even there. It's always been a puzzle to me. Why do they feel like they have to fight something that's not even there? They say they're not that he's not even there, but their whole life is me- built around fighting against him and trying to convince everybody that he don't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the airplane was going down and he was crying out, Oh God, it was on the recording, Oh God. Sudden prayer. Yes, sir. Prayer that you don't have to think about. Prayer that you don't have to articulate. Just sudden prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you ever cried out to God? Just... There's prayer that is confession of sin. Yes. There's prayer that's petition for mercy. There's prayer of thanksgiving and praise. And there's intercessory prayer for others, which is, <laughs> you know, what I think, that's the highest form of prayer. That's the way Jesus prayed. That's the way you find Him praying. Yes. Always. So the command and the instruction here is that we're to pray always in the Spirit with all prayer. No matter the kind of prayer or the subject of prayer, we're to pray in the Spirit. Now this is another subject that we just got to dig into a little deeper. It's in the Bible a lot of times. In the Spirit. What does it mean? What do you think it means? What do most people think that means? In the Spirit. I've heard it all my life. I've heard it used a lot. They're in the Spirit. Some of them say they're in the flesh. I got in the flesh. Oh, you did, did you? How did you do that? I'd like to know how that happens. Uh, In the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to try to explain it all here tonight, but we're going to talk about prayer and praying in the Spirit and try to just get a a little start on this because I didn't prepare to preach a long time tonight and you ought to say hallelujah. I know that's what you're thinking. Some of you are praying right now, saying, thank you, Lord. If you, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. So no matter what kind of prayer or the subject of the prayer, we're to pray always in the Spirit. If we're to be honest, and if we were to examine ourselves tonight and really be honest now, we'd have to admit that most of our praying, you listening to me, is basically complaining to God. Trying to reason with God out of our own mind. Trying to persuade God to do something we want to see done. Or just vain repetitions which we've heard others pray, and so we recite them to God just like the Catholics do in their rosary. Been in church a long time. I've heard a lot of praying in church. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? When when you know what somebody's going to pray when they call on them to pray, they say the same things. Vain repetition. That's what that is. I don't care what the words are. Praying the same thing every time it's, not, it's vain repetitions. Amen. Yeah. Prayer amounts to more than that. All prayer does. Praying in the Spirit, would that be vain repetitions? Would that work? Vain repetitions, praying in the Spirit. What's the Spirit got to do with it when it just you just plug it in and it plays? Same old thing. You just push a button, out comes the same old thing. That ain't the Spirit. That's not praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is none of what I just talked about. Complaining to God. Uh, Trying to reason with God. Trying to persuade God to do something or give us something. Are these vain repetitions. Praying in the Spirit is none of that. Praying in the Spirit is a oneness and communion with God's Spirit. Mm -hmm. With the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm fixing to read it here. Romans 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit with a capital S, that's God's Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. Pray, uh, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, again as capital S, that's the Spirit of God, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now you can take it apart all you want to, but praying in the Spirit is to be led by the Spirit of God in prayer itself just like we're led in everything else we go to do for God. To grab a hold of the controls, the steering wheel in prayer is just as bad as grabbing a hold of the steering wheel in everything else we do for God or in God's work. We're to be led by the Spirit. We're not out front... Doing it all. Prayer is not where we just take a hold of everything and we start telling God how it is and what we need, what He needs to do and tell Him all about the situation here. Man, we're plumb out of line when we start that. Yes, you think He don't know? He knows what you need before you ask. He know, knew the situation before we ever knew about it. That's
1: right.
0: So when we go to Him explaining to Him all about all this... That's not being led by the Spirit. According to the Scripture, we don't even know what we ought to pray for. That's what it just says right there. Now, we think we do, don't we? I mean, if somebody's sick and going to die, we're just going to pray that they get well and live. Well, that's naturally our desire. But what about the will of God? Hmm? shouldn't that supersede anything we want? I mean, no matter how close it is, no matter how much of our heart's involved in it, I mean, think about it. Is God God? Is He sovereign? Does He have a right to make the decisions concerning all that? Well, you better believe He does. Does He have the power? Yes, He does. Do we? No, we don't have any right. We don't have any power. We can do nothing about it. He said, "Pray for the sick." yeah, he understands our side of it too and and God is willing sometimes to intervene, but you know, for us to get the idea that we can somehow control God with prayer, wrong, wrong way to look at it. But that's the way everybody looks at it. You get any book about prayer, and that's what you're going to find almost always. Prayer is some kind of a, of a mechanism to command God and control God and get what you want. Asking and receiving. Some have defined prayer that simply. That's what it amounts to. Asking and receiving. You know, push. Pray until something happens. That's not Spirit-led prayer. That's not praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is when you're in communion and union with God. And if you are praying in the Spirit, you'll be in union and communion and in oneness with God, His Spirit, His Word and whatever he does will be okay. We won't be at odds against God. I mean it ain't going to be us on this side and God on the other side. And us a fighting. Prayer is not a fight with God. It's not an argument. It's not a debate. It's not a it's not a way for us to get something from God. That's not what prayer is. Not praying in the spirit. We, ought to, we should not take it unto ourselves to do anything in the name of God without God's leading and guidance. And that includes praying also. Y'all are getting that now? I mean, I'm telling you, it's just like everything else. What if we just said, now, here, we got a plan about this church, and this is what we're going to do? And we're going to have so many people by this date, and we're going to do whatever we got to do to make it happen. How much God got to do with that? No, we've kicked God out. This is our deal now. Yes, right. And it, and we're going to make it happen. Mm-mm-mm. Well, when you go to praying that way, same deal. <laughs> same wickedness. Yes. Same, it's wrong, wrong. When you come to pray, yes. <laughs> you pray in the Spirit. Pray, Praying always in all prayer in and supplication in the Spirit. Yes, supplication is another form of prayer. I mean, it's just another... Way of saying prayer, really. Supplication. Petition. Watching thereunto with all perseverance. To pray in the Spirit requires a constant walking with God. What am I talking about? Well, you know, walking with God. What does that mean? It means that your mind is stayed on God. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Y'all know this verse, don't you? Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You hear a song? Watching thereunto means that we're striving to keep our mind and our heart in close communion with God. Like that book I saw years ago, practicing the presence of God. Remembering that He's always with you. Yes. We just want to claim that when times are hard and when things are... He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Well, He's always there. He lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. So He's never... You don't leave Him somewhere and go do your thing. How is that a... What is a Christian? <coughs> You don't put your religion on the fence post and go do whatever you got to do. Now if He lives in you, He goes where you go. So you think you're going to drag Him in the bar or in some place that, where He don't belong? Mm-mm. No, the Spirit of God leads us. Jesus said when He comes, He's going to speak of me. That's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And He does. And so, uh, if we're walking with God in our mind, then our heart is always in a disposition to pray. Praying always. You can do it. You will do it. You'll always be ready to pray. We don't have to work on our mind if we're walking with God. Or our mood or our thoughts to get into a disposition where we can pray. You hear me? You walk with God. You keep your mind stayed on Him. You don't get so entangled in the affairs of life and what you're doing that you just forget about God. That's what the Israelites did, and that was God's accusation against them. You've forgotten Me." Don't forget Him. Walk with Him. Practice His presence. Teach your children to do that. God's always listening. My lost family back when I was a kid taught me that. God sees you. No matter what you do, where you go, what you're thinking, God knows. Psalm 27 and verse 8. The Bible says this. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. What kind of disposition is that? Well, that's a disposition to pray. He's ready to seek God's face. He ain't got a bunch of junk in the way. He don't have to get out of that bad mood and go apologize and try to fix the, his spirit. His spirit's right. All the time. Well, oh, it's impossible now. You just can't do. It. Well, I know people that uh, I've never seen them out of sorts. So, what's our excuse?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, that's kind of tough, but that's the truth. That's the way it is. And then he said in, in supplication for all saints. This is real important. This is the last point I'm going to make and I hope you'll listen to it because it's part of this verse. That's what he said at the end of the verse. And supplication for all saints. Part of the armor of God is praying always in the Spirit and with all the different kinds of prayer. That's what we've talked about so far. In all the different situations and circumstances. But praying, praying about what? Praying for who? I mean... For all the saints. You know, I mean, we can't pray for ten minutes because we can't think of what to pray for. Oh my goodness, what in the world? If you'd spend some time in prayer, you'd find out there's plenty to pray for. And it's just like the Word of God itself. When you just start scratching around and digging, oh my, there's just no... It just opens up to you till you don't... You just can't follow all the trails. You can't swallow it all at once. And prayer's that way too. For all the saints, praying for all the saints. (laughs) Not just me and mine. What do most people pray for? Me. That's it. Yes.
1: That's
0: what most people pray for. Lord help me. Lord look at me. Lord I need. Lord I can't. Lord I want. I tell you, I really don't think that kind of prayer gets very far. I really don't. That's not how you get into His gates and into His presence. (laughs) He knows what you have need of before you ask. Don't you know that He knows what I need, what you need, what you want, what I want. Don't you think that He is benevolent enough and loves us enough that he, he wants to please you and make you happy, don't you think that He'll do what's best for me? Yes. yes. Sometimes that means that I don't get what I think I want. Have you ever wanted something real bad and you never could get it and when it was all over you finally one day realized that if you'd got what you wanted so bad, it would have ruined your life? Yes. Yes. Have you lived long enough and have you experienced life enough and and God enough to realize that He does what's best for us? (laughs) Part of the armor of God is praying always in the Spirit. James chapter James chapter 5 and verse 16 <laughs> Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much It's most important and it's the and it's most effective in edifying of the saints and they're being able to withstand the enemy's attacks and overcome the world, the the best thing going for them the, is that their fellow brethren are praying always for them in the Spirit. I don't know how I can make that as important as it really is here tonight. I don't know how I can get it across to you. But if we prayed for one another like that, it would create such a bond and such love for one another that there would be very little to quarrel about or get offended about. You understand that? If you really, if all of us really prayed always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit for all the saints, for one another, if we really did that. But we we leave here, don't even think about one another until next time it's time to come to church. That's the way most churches are. You need to think about that. If that's, if that's you, think about that. Are you in obedience to the Word of God? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? Are you, a real, are you really fighting this spiritual battle, this warfare? Or are you just kind of riding along behind the, the train? Pray for one another. James says pray. Confess your faults to one another and pray one for another. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, do you have any needs tonight? I mean, needs in your soul. Do you need strength? Do you need healing? In your soul? In your heart? Mind? Do you have any needs? Do you need to understand more about the Word of God? Do you need to know some things? Do you need help? Well then you need other people praying for you. Yes, and we don't have to know each other's needs and all that to pray for one another. Yes, sir. You know, it's just like George Mueller learned to pray. Uh, well, it was Hudson Taylor learned to pray. George Mueller was a contemporary and it was they were involved with each other. But I mean, he, he wanted to nail it down that he could pray to God, and God would speak to somebody else without his intervening and, and you know manipulating things, so he wouldn't tell people you remember the story about Hudson Taylor how he lived and worked there and, and he and uh, his employer didn't pay him for weeks and weeks, and he couldn't pay his rent, and he's about to get kicked out of where he was living and everything, but he wouldn't tell he wouldn't say nothing to his employer because he was just forgetting conveniently, I reckon. But. Anyway, he was pleading with God only because he wanted to go to China and he and he said, if I get over there, it's six months for a letter to come, six months to go back. So, can't be none of that stuff. It's God's got to help me. i got to know that I can talk to God and God will hear me and God will move on the hearts of other men. And he did. Well, the employer just suddenly... Came to his senses and realized he hadn't paid him. Why didn't you say something? Just in time. Mm -hmm. The most important thing we can do for one another is pray for one another. Pray always for one another. Pray always in all prayer for one another. Pray always in all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching always thereunto. I mean, always being ready. Always striving to be in that kind of a disposition where we can pray. Yes. I remember Brother Owen telling me over and over, different times about when his oldest boy was four years old and he had this health problem and they were going to operate on him and the doctors told him it was real dangerous and he, he could even die. And he said, there we were. And he said, and I wasn't right with God. And he said, I couldn't pray. But he'd been raised in a Christian home. He had a dad that could pray. He knew what it was and he knew how everything... And he was not able to pray when the need was so great. Now, you don't want to be caught like that. You want to be ready and able to pray suddenly. You need to keep the line open between you and God. And this, this this playing around with prayer and this taking it so lightly and not understanding it, not studying, not knowing what it really is, how God wants us to pray. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples to pray. So John taught his disciples to pray. And and Jesus taught His disciples to pray. It's a big important thing. Not only that, but Jesus prayed. <laughs> a lot. Often. Yes. Publicly. Privately. Yes. Secretly. Yes. All kinds of prayer. Intercessory. <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to see a real prayer... Read the Lord's Prayer in John 17. That's the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. (laughs) Well, I hope they're okay back there. (laughs) goodness. All right. But it would create such a bond between us. I tell you, it means something when somebody prays for you. And it means something when you know somebody prays for you. It means something when you lose somebody that you knew were, was praying for you, mm-hmm. that you could count on. I really don't believe there's any of us here tonight that, uh, that somebody didn't pray for. Them. You realize that? That's really true. Somebody prayed for me. Oh, they've done it a lot. A lot. That, that's most important to me. I remember on a mission field, you know, it really did mean more to me yes, for somebody to let me know sincerely that they were praying for us than if they gave us money. It meant more. Because you need more than just food and shelter. And especially if you're in a situation like that, the missionaries need more than just our money. And they need us to pray for them. Always. In all prayer. In supplication. In the Spirit. And they can tell the difference. You can tell the difference when somebody's praying for you. Um, I go on on. I'm not going to hammer it. But one more thing. I want to just really press on this matter right here. But if we prayed for one another as we ought, we'd all be much more effective as ambassadors for Christ we'd all be better witnesses if we would pray one for another like I'm talking about here like the Bible tells us to here in verses 19 and 20 the next two verses Paul said this here what we said pray always praying always in all prayer supplication in the spirit watching thereunto." he said and for me pray about all that pray for all the saints and then pray for me that utterance may be given unto me. That's Apostle Paul. Saying, pray for me, that God will open the door, that God will give me opportunities to talk, that I may open my mouth boldly. Pray for me, that I'll be able to open my mouth boldly. Now you wouldn't think Paul would have any problem with that, would you? But he said, pray for me, that I won't be... A compromiser, a coward, that I won't just keep my mouth shut when I ought to be saying something. Pray for me. He needed wisdom in that matter too, because there are sometimes you just need to be quiet, and then there are sometimes you need to speak up. And it's always the dilemma. And so he's asking them to pray for him that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. See, that's what we need to do instead of having training courses and trying to teach everybody the sales pitch and all of that. We need to pray for one another that utterance may be given and that we'll be able to open our mouth boldly and that we'll be able to communicate, to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that herein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You understand what He's asking them to pray for him? I need wisdom. I need guidance. Pray for me. I need you to pray for me that I'll know what to say and when to say it and that I'll have opportunity because that's all I care about is, is making known the mystery of the gospel. The whole world lies in wickedness and all these people are lost. And if anybody ever, who's ever surpassed the Apostle Paul as a missionary, as a preacher, as a, I mean, somebody that got the gospel out there. You reckon that the prayers of the saints had anything to do with that? Yes. And He asked them to do that. I think we need to pray for one another like that. You need to pray for me like that. I need to pray for you where you work. The people you meet and the people you associate with that God would give you that opportunity, that door that He said, a great door and effectual is open unto me one time. See, God does that. You ever had that experience? That's what I've told you for years. You know, that's the way to witness to people. You pray. We pray for one another. And you wait for the opportunity and you look. And when God gives the opportunity, there's going to be no problem. You're not going to have to struggle and fight and try to uh, manipulate and reason and all of that. I mean, when God opens the door, the Spirit of God goes before you. And my goodness, it's just daylight and dark difference. It's easy. It's It's a joy and a thrill to be able to talk to somebody who's listening and receiving and explain to them and tell them about Jesus. The real One. What it's all about. The real mystery of the Gospels. And watch it happen. It's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing like it, let me tell you. To experience the power of the Spirit of God is, and just be there in the middle of Him. <laughs> Paul asked specifically for them to pray for him and he told them what to pray for, that utterance would be given to him, that he would have the opportunity to speak to people and to communicate the truth of Christ and to make known the mystery of the gospel of Christ. He asked them to pray for him that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, pray for each other that we would speak as we ought to speak because a lot of of times we don't. We leave a bad taste in people's mouth by our attitude, by our spirit. Pray for one another that we won't do that. That we'll speak as we ought to speak, not as we want to speak. Not out of our mind and our anger or our frustration or our pride, but as we ought to speak. Even Paul had the same tendency as we do to not speak when we should and to speak boldly, and, and not to speak boldly as we should. He desired the prayers of the saints on His behalf in this matter. You remember when they had Him at time? And, uh, and they smarted on and said something? And then they, they, they smacked Him? Remember that? He said, God will smite thee, thou whited ball. Well, now He shouldn't have said that. We don't blame him, I mean. What if he'd have took a swing at the high priest or the guy that smacked him? Revilest thou the high priest's soul? Paul said, I walk not that he was the high priest. So that's why he's asking for prayer. Did you ever say something like that? And then immediately think, Oh no. Shouldn't have said that. Did you ever do that? Yep. So he asked him to pray for him, that I might speak boldly, that I might speak as I ought to speak. Even Paul had that same tendency in him. And he desired the prayers of the saints on his behalf in this matter. Surely their prayers for him had a part in the doors that were open for him and the opportunities that were given him and the many souls that came to know the Lord because of it all. I believe they prayed for him because when Paul came... They he was received well. I mean, remember how they when he left for the last time and they all wept? They loved him. They felt indebted to him because he'd brought the gospel to them. Hadn't been for him coming, they'd have all perished. When you realize the importance of somebody like that and their work, you you pray for them. You do pray for them. I'm humbled sometimes by the people that tell me they're praying for us. true. I think, man, we ought to be praying for you. One church, when we left Mexico for the last time, one church, a little old bitty church over there in Virginia, had supported us all the way through. I don't know how they did it. But they uh, they weren't a big supporter, of course. But but when we left, they sent us a, a you know a sizable amount of money that little bitty church did. Because I'd sent a letter out and just kind of apologized and said, you know, we can't do it, can't do it. And they, they wrote a letter and they said, don't be apologizing to us. We should have prayed for you more, and we should have supported you more. And so we just want to try to help you here and make up a little for no my goodness. Those little churches. That's where you find the the reality. Yeah. Always. Always, always. All right. So prayer is an essential part of the armor of God. And it's the common armor of the church of God. See, it's the common. Armor. It's the thing that covers us all, that ties us all together, that makes us an army, a family, uh, makes us one. See, yes. prayers. What does it? Right. We've all got to put on those that individual parts of the armor of God, like He said here. And really, you got to have it all. Put on the whole armor of God, which consists of these different things. You can't just have one. What, how, how spiritual are people that are just all about righteousness and that's all? Or are people that are all about faith and that's all? No. you got to have it all. The whole armor. And this is part of the armor. Part of the whole armor of God is praying always in all prayer and supplication for all the saints and watching therein I mean he just keeps stressing it over and over and over how that how this thing works. Yeah. Brother Jeff preached over there in Virginia and he preached he used that last verse there. Well, two or three of those verses in one of the messages, but my goodness, it really spoke to my heart about praying. Prayer. It's very important that we pray for one another. Yes. Hope you understand that. Thank You, Lord, for the Word of God, for the truth. Lord, this is very important here. I pray You'd help us to receive it. I pray You'd burn it into my heart, my mind, and my consciousness, Lord, that I'd be mindful of these things and not walk out of here and forget them. And I pray, Lord, that everybody here would take heed what they've heard tonight. And, Lord, that we'd be more faithful in praying one for another. And Lord, do we be more faithful in praying, period. Praying always. Being in an attitude of prayer. Having our heart in a disposition. Disposed to pray in a heartbeat. That we'd stay close to you. Walk with you. And not like you're far off. And not treat you as if you're uh, just in a box or a spare tire. or, Or just somewhere where we go when we need you. Lord, help us to walk with you. Praying's not asking for something, praying necessarily. Praying is is just communion, just thank you in all things as we walk about our and do our business every day. When we lay our head on the pillow at night, thank you Lord for another day for your safe keeping and your care and your mercy. When we open our eyes in the morning to a, another day, To just greet you first. That ought to be the first thought of our mind. And the first utterance of our heart. And Lord I pray you'd help us to be this kind of a a Christian. In Jesus name. Amen.